Welcome to episode five here today with Andy Dolich. Andy, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you, Jake? Wonderful. And today we wanted to follow up on Fred Clare's last episode of mentorships, mentees, mentoring. Uh, he alluded a little bit to you know how being a mentor is is being a leader, um, and you've obviously had extensive experience being a leader in, in multiple organizations across the sports business industry. Um, we want to dive in today into some of your um, theories on leadership within a front office um, as we are on the Life in the Front Office podcast and ultimately help guide and direct some of those who are currently working in sports in today's world of how to be leaders, potentially become leaders, and work with their leaders. So without further ado, Andy, I will let you kind of come go from here um, and, and share your words of wisdom. One of the great challenges uh, that uh, I hear a lot from those that are working in front offices all over the world of sport is, wow, I'm in, I went through the process, however I got here, I have a job, it looks like there's an upside for me at whatever organization you happen to be in. Uh, But now comes the real challenging part. How do I move up the ladder? Uh, Where do I see those rungs? How do I grab up um, and make sure that I can move positively in my work life and have something that I could look on as an actual career. And clearly, uh, it comes into the level of leadership. And trying to answer these questions that, that come in or individuals that I talk to, I went on to Google and just put in leadership. And uh, what I got was theories of leadership 8,300,000 uh, points of interest uh, on leadership. So that's a lot. I figured we don't have enough time to talk about 8,300,000 uh, points of information. So over time, I created uh, eight scopes of leadership, and scopes are S-C-O-P-E-S. And I didn't get this from any magazine I didn't hear this from somebody else. I'm actually proud to say that I cobbled it together on my own. So in order to keep your leadership skills uh, nimble, focused, and healthy, I think that if you become somewhat of an expert on the uses of the eight scopes, uh, it will play well as you develop your career. The first, to me, is the microscope. And the simple explanation of that is to help you view and understand every minute detail of your business. And in today's world of information gathering, analytics, metrics, conversations, and networking, um, it's much easier to do than it was even five years ago or 10 years ago. So always think about the microscope. The next is the telescope, and that one helps you look beyond the given and create roadmaps to unexplored territories. Now, Jake, I'm not saying, uh, and to the listeners, that you've got to 
book a ride on Elon Musk's next mission uh, to the moon, which I think is slated to land in 2013. <laughs> but as you, look at, as you look at the microscope, it's important to also look at the telescope. We've talked before that you want to manage your career through the windshield and not the rear view mirror. But it's also, it's also a good idea to look in the rear view mirror uh, every once in a while. Uh, the third is the, the stethoscope. And I think this one happens to be extremely important to listen to the heart of the organization that you're in and the people that you work with every day or your fan base or all the constituencies that touch what you're doing. Again, science has helped us in sport more so, and that seems to be the favorite sort of default mechanism these days that we can find more information and create more information than ever before in terms of numbers. But these organizations that we work for or will work with or ones that we choose or choose us, if you don't know the heart and soul of where you're working, it really doesn't matter how proficient you might be in the numbers. So I think it's really important to, to understand what the organization really is all about and the people in it. Constantly changing, but um, if you put your stethoscope on uh, and you have that one as part of your eight scopes, it's a positive. The fourth is one that usually when I'm speaking about this, people make faces. And I've put it on the male side. I'm sure there is the same circumstance on the female side, but the fourth I call as the proctoscope. And the proctoscope takes you to places that people don't want to go, <laughs> but are necessary to protect the long-term health of the enterprise. Now, uh, I'm not uh, 29 or 39 or 49. Um, and so at those young ages, you, you don't even know what a proctoscope is, but let's just say um, it is the butt end of many jokes. Let's put it that way. Um, and if you don't know, ask somebody um, of the male uh, species about proctoscope. And the reason that I put this one as the fourth um, in the level of scopes is that no matter what happens in life, when something is bothering us on the health side, whether it's physical or mental, many times we bury that. We don't talk to anybody else. We keep it to ourselves. We might be worried. And usually that ends poorly. It's always a positive to check your health uh, at every level. Um, and if there's bad news, well, it's better to know it earlier than later. Um, and so that's why I put the proctoscope in here. Um, I guess uh, in total transparency, I've had a few proctoscopes in my life. <laughs> and the best answer that you could ever get from the doctor is you're clean. You're fine. Andy, I'm not 29, 39, or 49, but um, I'll take your word for it. Right. So, uh, in, in the proctoscope, uh, as I said, it is about looking at your health today so you can guarantee that that continues in the future. And there's all kinds of tests that we go through. Again, the proctoscope, which is the butt 
of many, many jokes is uh, something that makes sure that your lower intestine and all that other stuff is as clean as it can be. And when your doctor, the proctologist said, okay, Andy, the test is complete, you're clean, that elicits a big smile. And if something's wrong, well, then you can take care of it. Uh, so all of us put aside whatever, oh, my tooth hurts, or my arm doesn't feel good, or that spot on my forehead, that's ah, fine. Well, I would say that as it relates to leaders and career development, uh, both for you and the organization, it's always good um, to be courageous, have the test, and don't wait too long. Uh, because the long-term health of each individual is important. And of course that is significant for the long-term health of any enterprise. The next is the gyroscope. And Jake, that might be another area where people go, what's a gyroscope? I think I've heard it have something to do with aviation or navigation. Uh, gyroscope, Gyroscope is a scientific tool which basically keeps uh, planes and boats and lots of other things centered as you're in a multidimensional environment. And it used to be, still is, probably you can buy a gyroscope in a toy store. Uh, you pull the string and this little metal uh, doodad spins around and no matter how you put it on your hand or something else, it will remain centered. And in today's world, um, crisis is the new normalcy. We've all been in circumstances in any organization where something goes wrong and people start to panic and everybody's pointing fingers and that can sort of snowball. Uh, so a gyroscope in, in a conceptual manner, uh, as you think about it, keeps everybody centered in times of crisis. We've talked about this before. We know what to do. Uh, let's figure out as a team how we move to the next level. And there are so many challenges that any business faces, especially in the world of sports and being in a front office when you're dealing with tens of thousands of spectators and broadcasts uh, that are being seen by millions, you wanna make sure that you're not going in the wrong direction. Uh, the sixth is the periscope. Um, and as I might've said before, you don't necessarily have to be an expert on these. I doubt we have too many ex-atomic uh, submarine commanders who are listening. Jake, <laughs> has anybody, has anybody uh, written in and said, hi, I really like uh, life in the front office. I'm a former nuke sub commander. No, just, no, just, not yet, but maybe. Yeah, just, who knows? But uh, Periscope, we've all seen enough movies of submarine commanders, upscope, downscope. Uh, to me, it just gives you the ability to stealthily see what your competitors are up to. And I don't mean industrial espionage. I'm not putting anybody on, uh, you know, the list of the FBI, but you really want to know what's happening with those businesses around you. And I 
I happened to learn a lesson early in my career that there's a lot of sharing that's done in sports of all kinds and events. But I always used to like to look outside of just my business, whatever it might have been, and to look at other entities that were in similar businesses. So I became a major Disney-type fan of their business and how they did service. And I was lucky enough in traveling to be at a lot of Disney facilities, and I was always impressed by the incredible level of service that Disney would um, show at every possible part of the Disney experience. So use the periscope to see not just what a, a competitor might be in a particular sport or if you're in college or anything like that. It's much, it's much better to also see what's happening in general business. Uh, the seventh, uh, again, which is a major factor in today's world, and I think knowing Pat, Fred, and yourself, sports isn't just, you know, the United States of America. Sports is a global language now. And the kaleidoscope, again, uh, many of these are instruments that people know about. It helps you visualize and appreciate the ever-changing business patterns and human interactions of your enterprise. If we go back to the stethoscope, you know, without diversity in today's world, we have no teamwork. And with many of the serious debates that we're having in our society in general, sports in many instances, is a really positive example of how people of all different types of backgrounds and levels of diversity and how they, they work together. And you don't have to go any further than the teams themselves, whatever variety of sport you're talking about. But that team in the front office, that leadership DNA that's so important uh, for everybody to develop so that they can move up that ladder that we talked about. It is extremely important to understand uh, that diversity is really redefined today. And I don't think there is a perfect definition of what diversity is, because you could go through every category known to man, and then five seconds later, rightly <laughs> so, that a constituency that would raise their hand and say, excuse me, what about us? And you'd go, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. Uh, when you think and what the kaleidoscope does, which changes all types of colors and patterns, I think it's a good part of the eighth scopes. And so the eighth in the list of the eight scopes is the horoscope, which is really a tool of science and symbolism used to develop bold plans for the future. And I'm not a major horoscope reader every day, although I think I'm an Aquarius on the cusp, and I don't know what the cusp means, uh, but Aquarius has something to do with fish, and I love to fish, so maybe there is some connection there. Um, I really view this one more as sort of the gut scope, um, but I don't think there is anything called the gut scope. We could we can make one up though. Okay, so the gutoscope. 
all right? Uh, with two T's, that'll make it seem that much more intelligent. And the reason I put the horoscope down is it really is uh, sort of a mashup between symbolism that we have for the 12 months and science, where there is some science behind it. Um, but it ultimately comes down to, as a leader, as you're developing your career, um, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. And even with the incredible level of information that we have, all the analytics and metrics, um, eventually you have to manage what's in your brain, what's in your heart, and what's in your gut and go uh, one way or another. Uh, it can't be a gray area. And so that's why I put the horoscope in as the eighth. And I would ask any of the listeners, uh, if there are others that you think are more valid than this, let us know about it. Uh, which work for you or which other scopes we should add. I think that would be uh, very, very helpful um, as we build our audience. Yeah. And to that point, Andy, I mean, any significance behind eight, you know, I know in, in a lot of things in today's day and age, we like to use 10 or a hundred and people, people just like to use those numbers. Obviously you went the other route and went with eight, uh, anything that, you know, sparked that decision. No, I wish I could come up with some really smart Alec answer. Uh, but, um, I came up with eight because my mind stopped working at eight. Although I think somewhere I have the 11 scopes of leadership. Clearly, if you looked at everything in our society that ends in scope, uh, there would be many, many more. Uh, but uh, I just put that in there. It was completely random and it didn't have anything to do with, you know, special number significance yeah well based on your eight scopes of leadership you know what do you maybe deem most important maybe something that you've really relied upon uh the most throughout your career to where you know for those who are listening and they say well you know eight's a lot and you just threw a lot of information at us you know which one should i focus on mm -hmm. not an easy answer but uh, what I would say is the stethoscope. Um, and to go back, that's to listen to the heart of your organization and the people in it and the people that are affected by it uh, and the people that buy into it, all the constituencies that touch the organization. Uh, because as we stated, there's so much information that's coming into any decision there's so much download and such a desire to have a nanosecond explanation that is clear as a bell with the amount of immediacy, immediacy that's necessary in, in, in today's society. I've always believed very strongly that with all of the tools that we have, with all the input that we have, in any part of what we're doing for an organization, um, that if you move away from the factor that 
these are human built organizations. You know, we're not robots just yet, uh, but it's getting there. Um, then you lose your way. So I would say if I had to prioritize and you asked me, I would go with the stethoscope. And you talk about, you know, the stethoscope, you talk about um, really how important all eight are in reality and how some probably mesh with each other more than others or some overlap. Um, but, you know, in all, when dealing with leaders that you've had side by side or people you've worked for, people um, that you've been a leader for, you know, where do you see the most common ground in terms of uh, qualities and skill sets uh, of a leader, right, that then relate to these eight scopes? As I would see it, and what's great about this, as we talked about, you know, the 8,300,000 theories of leadership and how many books uh, have been written about leadership or podcasts about leadership, um, there's not a leadership equation that I've seen where, you know, equals MC squared. Don't ask me to explain it. But there are equations in science and math that when you utilize them, they basically tell you the right answer. In the leadership aspect, and it, it may be a bit of a gray area, but what I've seen as an observer and one that's been tasked with different levels of leadership, you need to be a multi-tool player. And maybe that's why in the back of my mind, I went to the example of you know, eight tools when you really think about it. Um, others might choose another form of analogy. Clearly, in my view, when you look at leadership, it is individuals that have multitask capability, but don't just use it as a mashup and say, oh, I can do all those things. I can do 57 things at once. That's not really the point. It's to have this depth of knowledge, to be able to do something for your organization, you know, simply stated. Uh, you know, Andy, with all these technical difficulties uh, with technology nowadays, we finally are back up and running. And I'll let you kind of finish your last point on the eight scopes of leadership, and then we'll transition into the 11 T's of leadership because why not have 19 when you can, when you can have more? Right. I learned in Vancouver when I was with the Vancouver Grizzlies kerfuffle. That means kind of a slip up or something that didn't go too well or a four letter word that you could throw in whatever you'd like. Um, and, you know, the level of technology that we're using in the podcast and people that we're reaching near and far, uh, I always laugh being in the middle of the Silicon Valley and people that have their wireless earbuds and they're looking down, not at one, but two digital devices while crossing against light where a <laughs> 50 mile an hour 18 wheeler is about to end their life. Um, but it's like, man, I got these abilities. I got this tech all down, and I'm talking to friends in Botswana and Shanghai at the same. Oh, you're dead. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
it's important to be able to bring all the scopes together, but it's important to also keep your head up and understand that technology is that some is something that we have there that supposedly helps us, but occasionally trips us up. So we just sort of smile and move on to the next chapter. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, and speaking of technology, if you would like to leave a rating on our episodes of our podcast, Life in the Front Office, please do so on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you have any feedback or questions for the following episode, please email lifeinthefrontoffice at gmail.com. As we kind of continue here, Andy, with your 11 T's of leadership, I'll kind of let you just run right through them and, you know, then we'll kind of figure out which one's the most important on this list and go from there. As you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that where where I'm speaking to you from today is about four miles from the Stanford Linear Accelerator. And there's stuff that they're accelerating on a linear line in terms of atomic light energy that I couldn't even to explain. So maybe that uh, maybe that is affecting our ability, um, you know, that we've dropped out a few times. Maybe we'll blame it on the Stanford linear accelerator. That sounds like a pretty we, good because we can't we can't blame it on the new Hadron Collider, which I, I'm pretty sure is in Europe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the eleven keys. Um, so we went from eight to eleven and most people would say, well, why didn't you go from 7 to 11? At least there could be some sort of gaming interest in it. More convenience um, story. Yeah, I, I look at this as, the abil- as your ability, again, as you're in your normal work day and you're morphing through what your responsibilities are and you're looking at your leadership abilities, but looking at others and being able to follow an example or absolutely going in 180 degrees in an opposite direction. Um, first would be affinity and the, the cuteness of 11 T's is they all end in T-Y. Um, the hours and pressures of the job mean that you can't think of the way you get along with colleagues. Uh, compatibility factor always shines through and between leaders and their co-workers, especially when times are the toughest. Uh, we've talked about number two before, agility. Uh, change of pace is happening all the time. You better be able to sprint. You better be able to trot. You better be able to sit and think and then get up to a full sprint. Um, you know, if you are a winner, take all negotiator in how you sell, I, I would suggest Try beating your opponent senseless with a carrot uh, every once in a while instead of a stick. Um, you, you might find that you'd be more successful. And we've all been around people like, I'm going to make that sale. I'm going to close this deal. Well, you know, try it in a different factor. Number three is creativity. What I love most about the world of sports and entertainment and operations is sports as a business that to a certain extent is defined by herd mentality. Oh, look at what they did. Um, but leadership shouldn't get stuck in a groundhog day type of thinking. So change your approach every once in a while. Uh, look at the outside world through creative business solutions. Uh, as we've talked about, not just the best practices of your particular business. Hilarity. 
for those of you who work in baseball at any level and others complain maybe in basketball or hockey or football, oh, it's such a long season, you know, try baseball um, and nobody uh, should be able to hold, you know, uh, a Hilrick and Bradsby or Louisville Slugger <laughs> up to you because when you think about spring training, the season or the postseason, you know, you might have close to 200 games when somebody might be moaning about 16 football games. Um, so it is a job with serious goals and objectives, bottom lines, wins and losses, hirings, firings, promotions, demotions, elation, deflation. But in the end, it's a game. Uh, we want people to come see these great athletes do their thing. Um, and I've seen many leaders lose their way by weaving, you know, a web of woe. Oh, poor me. My team is terrible. This school didn't do that. This event, it rained. Um, show a sense of humor and a bit of wackiness every once in a while. It will lighten the load for everybody. Well, and you did say it's the fun business, right? I mean, you and Pat. Yep. So you got to have a little bit of humility with your fun. Yeah, you better. Again, uh, it is not a nine-to-five job. You're spending, in many instances, just as much, if not more, time with your work family in the front office as you might be with your family at home. The fifth is honesty. Uh, The most respected leaders tell the truth, good, bad, or ugly. Um, Think about the hardest teacher you had in high school. And when you went to college, you went, man, I never liked Miss or Mrs. So-and-so. But in actuality, now that I'm in college, they made my life easier because they actually taught me something. Uh, They never let you slide as you curse the heck out of them under your breath. so the same, I think, is true of great leaders. They can pat you on the back and kick you in the gut without compromising the organization's view on how to succeed. Uh, number six is humility. Wow, we could use a lot more humility in society. Uh, one of the many potential additions in the sports industry is, uh, hey, look what I do. Uh, no, oh, look at who you are. Uh, when they lose their way, they can take their organizations over the edge. Your business card title and that cool logo or the embossed writing that you have should never, ever control your true sense of self. And we've talked about it before, and I'll talk about it again. I call it LOL, loss of logo. It's not laugh out loud. <laughs> and every day I speak to colleagues who've lost their logo at a major entity. And when you go to the local, you know, office depot or Staples or wherever, and your business card has your name, your phone number, and your account that doesn't have some spiffy team, event, college, what have you on it, uh, it can really bother people. So lots of logo is something that you need to be concerned about. Um, your business card and title should never control your true sense of self. Seven is loyalty. Uh, pretty self-explanatory. When a season goes wrong, 
there's usually collateral damage in the form of termination. So it wasn't my fault. Oops, uh, the marketing department's fired. Wasn't my fault. There goes the defensive uh, backfield coach. Oops, wasn't my fault. Who's going? Uh, loyal, loyalty Street should always be a two-way avenue for success, and unfortunately, it doesn't always work that way. You're asked to be loyal to the organization. And then maybe if you're looking for your next step and somebody hears about it, um, boom, you're gone. They question your loyalty. Mobility. Uh, mobility to me is pretty simple. It's leadership by walking around. Many executives, many leaders barricade themselves in their office castles with a boat, closed door, fire-breathing executive assistant or dragon. I've always thought that was a recipe for instant uh, disaster. Uh, <laughs> or chaos. Simplest way, yeah, or chaos. Chaos and disasters. Same <laughs> day. Uh, the two-minute face-to-face meeting, walking around the office, can be way more effective than the 90-minute pre-agendized conference room, bullet-pointed multimedia uh, meeting uh, at the venue we, we talked I was always a big believer, get out, walk around, sit with fans, visit your game day staff. Um, That's the best way that you will learn to be a leader. And those that view you who are constantly grading you will look at you for your leadership capabilities. Opportunity. Um, Opportunity comes in many ways. Um, As a leader, everyone wants a piece of you. Think of those who mentored you, helped your career, spent time with you when you were banging phones in a sales room, selling season tickets for a team that didn't win a squad or breaking down video until 3 a.m. or stringing banners in the middle of the night at a stadium for a big event that's taking place, uh, analyzing metrics and analytics. Every young person in an organization who wants to spend a few minutes with you deserves your attention. Um, Simplicity, uh, again, over over underlined, uh, wow, multitasking, social media of the moment, meetings of the nanosecond, crisis management. The life of a leader is complicated. Uh, the great ones try to create simplicity without dumbing down the product. To me, if you can't explain what you're up to in two or three sentences, it probably isn't worth explaining. Um, you know, many great leaders get people to do what they want while having others think it's what they want. And a lot of great ideas come that way. Uh, people unduly take credit for ideas that are others. But you want to create that dynamic. Uh, and the easiest way to do it is through simplicity. Uh, the 11th, uh, and this underscores pretty much everything else we've talked about in the eight scopes and the 11 T's, is unity. Uh, many sports organizations are split into quarters with ownership, business ops, team ops, and finance. And you could do the same thing in amateur athletics, whether you know, it's a conference, a university, a major event. There's usually four separate entities uh, that in some instances exist, Jake, on different planets, even though they're in the same office. A silo to say uh, the least. There's an African t- 
term that is called Ubuntu. Uh, U-B-U-N-T-U, Ubuntu. And it's generally defined as unselfishness and team unity. And I heard it at a presentation a bunch of years ago, and I thought it was really powerful because if the entire organization, uh, both on the field and in the front office, uh, if they work together, then you've got success. Even if things might be hard and you're not having a great season, there's not a lot of finger pointing. Um, you know, there's no magic wands, lanterns, carpets, silver bullets, secret handshakes, codes, Rosetta Stones, catchy phrases, or best-selling books that guarantee leadership success, right? I think it stands to testify that human beings working together have accomplished far more than the sum of their individual efforts and capabilities. They've committed themselves to something larger than themselves. And leaders uh, and those around them live teamwork every day. And those that see an upside um, go out there and make it happen. Yeah, you talk about, you know, obviously, <clears throat> I asked you earlier what the most important scope was of your eight scopes. And I would say, yeah, you know, what's the most important T of the 11 T's? Um, but they all sound important, right? And we all talk about how leaders uh, can lead up and leaders can lead down. Uh, we had actually a guy come into Purdue Athletics the other day and, and give a presentation on uh, leading up. And, you know, it's an interesting philosophy in that, you know, you're not just leading the people um, beside you, beneath you, above you, uh, but also yourself too. So, maybe dive into a little bit of how you lead yourself before you even think about leading others. Leading yourself uh, is, to a certain extent, uh, being open to ideas that maybe you haven't been open to before. We are all products of environment and heredity. And that's a lot that's working on us in terms of where we've been, who we've grown up with, what situations we've been in. And I would say that the simplification, as we've talked about, um, is really important just because of the level of complexity that the world has with just the incredible download of information at every type of job that exists today, which I think can be overwhelming. Um, and if you can't compartmentalize while at the same time unify your thinking and step outside the circumstance which every single one of us has been in, when you sort of tunnel vision, whatever the experience is, you can make a mistake. When you take a step back and really do take that deep breath, you know, you see some of the great free throw shooters of all time take that deep breath. You see a lot of great athletes in any sport 
what do they do before that incredible ultimate moment? What many of them do is, you know, literally take a step back and take a deep breath. And I think to me, that's a positive example that ties a lot of this together. If you're, if you're out of breath, then you've got problems. So basically you're saying, keep it simple, be patient, and think before you speak, more or less. The complexity should not be overwhelming, even when you look at it in an hour, a day, or a week of your job. How am I going to get that done? Or how is that going to be explained to the team that I'm working on? And if, again, if you look at these sort of magical moments that occur every single day in multiple levels of the sports industry, as much as we think we might know, we don't. And, and the magic, the ability never to quit, the ability, the ability at the last second play that nobody saw coming, to me, that's what exciting part is and again if you drill down or if you look at the actual businesses that we're supporting it's athletics it's great performances by you know young men and women seasoned pros those on the way out they don't get there unless there is that unified opportunity and understanding that we are working together, even though we come from such disparate backgrounds, to be successful. And the leaders on the business side or the front office side in life in the front office, they do it, again, by a simple touch, the ability to speak the same language, even though they're organization, you know, may have many different constituencies. They can keep it uh, understandable and exciting and enthusiastic. That's awesome. I mean, the eight scopes, the 11 T's, I think all really, really insightful. Um, Many of our listeners can learn a lot from it. And no matter where, you know, and what level they are at, whether they want to get into sports or they're currently in sports or who knows, maybe one of your former bosses is listening and, and talking about what kind of leader you were. Um, you know, I, one thing I'd like to do is like you were saying, take a step back, take a deep breath, kind of recap everything. Um, because, you know, when you do digest a lot of information, it, it can be overwhelming, like you were saying, and, you know, to simplify it and talk about, one thing that that our listeners today can take with them and actually put to action. So, you know, something that they can do to be a better leader, to try and take a step in the direction of becoming a leader. Um, what would one thing you've given your uh, insights and advice to uh, as a leader in your days um, to those who are listening? Simplest exercise that uh, always worked for me, uh, not always wonderfully, but at the, at the end it did, and that is I would identify the person in the organization, whatever level that I was at, that I want to have a few minutes with, 
just to have a conversation and talk to them about their career, how they got there. And at many times they go, oh, I can't do that, or I'm at this level, how could I possibly ask the owner, you know, who I've never met, to give me five minutes, or the general manager, or the president, or whatever you have, uh, whatever you'd identify. And I think you'd be amazed at how many times, if in fact, you know, you had any reservation of doing that, well, push yourself to do it. And the response that you'll get in many instances is a lot more than five minutes and will pay incredible dividends. You know, never, um, you know, be afraid based upon somebody's economic position or their leadership position or their, quote, power position on the org chart to ask for some time um, to have regular conversation about how they got to where they got to. No, that's great. And to your point, you know, earlier and even Fred's point in our last episode was, you know, those, if you're prepared, those five minutes could turn into 15, 20, 30, you never know. Um, And you never know where that conversation can lead to. Um, want to talk a little bit about what Pat's next episode is going to be in separating yourself. And I think, you know, that goes right along with being a leader and, and separating yourself uh, to get to the top. So I'm really excited for Pat uh, Gallagher to talk about separating yourself within the industry, within your organization, or separating yourself to get into the industry. Um, Andy, we really thank you for your time today. Really enjoyed the eight scopes of leadership and 11 T's of leadership. Uh, as hopefully our listeners are on their way to becoming better leaders. Thanks. Uh, I hope so. I look forward to our next conversation. And those that are listening to us, all your friends, neighbors, people, and other planets, what we're doing so we can keep building on uh, what we're about. Absolutely. And to leave a review on our podcast, rate us five stars, four stars, and maybe even one star. But follow us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and search Life in the Front Office for your next episode. And stay tuned for Pat's next week. Thanks.